How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty, and my name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard, and this is a show about pro wrestling, and I am still recording from my bedroom. It looks like a dungeon now because we're moving stuff around, including the lights, um, but I am here, and, uh, you know, it's not an interrogation lamp above me. So, Leonard, this week, you are going to be doing our first ever book review which is something I think is very cool. So, Leonard, why don't you talk about um, the book that you're going to review, unless you wanted to start with your other stuff. First. Let's start with so. Let's start with the autographs first. So, I know I mentioned in the past that I've gotten some stuff from a Facebook group called Southern Wrestling Autographs, and here's some stuff I've gotten that I haven't shown yet, and it kind of does tie into the book we're going to talk about. But real quickly, and this is exclusive for those watching on YouTube. This is a dual-signed Nasty Boys of uh, Jerry Sags and Brian Knobs with Missy Hype in the middle. Not signed by Missy, but she's out there, so I can get her on this. This is actually my favorite Missy, the short hair and the ripped jeans from the early 90s. Believe it or not, my favorite look on her. I would agree. A Shockmaster. <laughs> so video steal from his debut, signed by Fred Ottman. And they also had a guy to the signing with him. He had a try sign of Tugboat, Typhoon, and Shockmaster. That's pretty cool. I can only yeah, imagine that, how, how sick that guy gets of answering questions about that debut. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, a Gail Kim, her with some couple title belts. We have a Lillian Garcia. Looks like she's got a yoga ball on the beach. Very cool. Uh, uh, here is an extremely rare one. It is my favorite Nitro girl. It is Spice. Ah, see, I was partial to the redhead, which I think mm -hmm. might have been Fire. But... Fire. I think that's the one that Eric Bischoff married. Not Eric Bischoff, because we're no. going to talk about Eric Bischoff. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Um, no, no. As Whisper? Yeah, Shawn, yeah. yeah uh, the redhead is far. I, I'm not sure what the redhead's name was, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of redheads, an Amber Nova. Bit of a cheeky one on her. She, I, I watched her when she was on Impact a few years ago and really liked her, thought she had some potential there. Uh, and then the last two to show you, a Rick Martel from the AWA days. Is that hair on his chest? That is hair on his chest. I'm thinking this is early AWA days. Wow. And then a collage photo featuring Harvey Whippleman. We have Big Bully Music. That's pretty epic right there. Right there. The and you know... We are big fans. And in a few weeks, I'm going to um, a wrestling show in Chillicothe that I've gone to before that the Bobby Fulton uh, and his family do. But Harvey Whippleman's going to be there. That's cool. So I'm going to take that and get him to to, to sign sign it as well since he's in, you know, for the pictures, the little mini pictures here. I, so, you know, oh, but I'm, I'm main... curious when you meet him. I, I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy. You know, we've all heard uh... – the stories of him supporting, uh, you know, uh, El Gigante uh, yeah. after he got out of wrestling and stuff. So I'm, I'm sure he's a good guy. And, yeah, I would love to. I really wish I could go this year because, you know, I would like to meet Bret Hart and Mickey James and uh, all that. But uh, definitely have a good time. We'll have to do a report on that when you get back. Definitely will. I believe friends of the show, Ronnie and uh, Dan, are going to meet me down there and and uh, be there for the day. So we're looking forward to it. The main thing I want to talk about, and it's also signed, is Eric Bischoff's new book, Grateful, with Guy Evans. 
And his first book, Controversy Creates Cash, was his life up to 07 when he left WWE the first time as a talent. And this is everything since, so the past 15 years. But this popped up a Facebook link. $5 off the cover, free shipping, and it's signed by Bischoff and Guy Evans. Nice. And again, I'm showing the autograph for those who are listening and not watching on YouTube. So that's what made me think to show some of my other autographs. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, before I... So this book, he talks about, you know, briefly his relationship with Hulk Hogan, their time in TNA, when he went back to WWE to be the executive director of SmackDown for a little bit, his brief appearances for AEW, getting at the WWE Hall of Fame, uh, the podcast with Conrad Thompson, and some personal stuff in, in his life. But two, two things I really mentioned about the book itself is that um, at the end of every chapter, there's a QR code. And if you scan the QR code, it takes you to an exclusive YouTube video of Bischoff and Guy Evans talking about the chapter you just read. So it's kind of like how AMC had The Walking Dead and right after they had The Talking Dead, which discussed the episode you just watched. Same kind of concept. Right. And I like the idea of offering digital content with a print media. But I don't think it necessarily works because you read a chapter and you watch a video and then you're kind of done. Where, you know, if I'm reading straight through, I'll read three, four chapters more at a time. So I think it just interrupts the flow of your reading. And I honestly didn't watch all the videos. And I think you can read the book itself and get all you want out of just the book. Right. The other thing is the writing style is if you've listened to Bischoff's podcast, seen him in interviews, you know, he has a very distinct speaking style language. He uses speech patterns. And the book really tries to duplicate that with the uh, uh, short paragraphs and parentheses and italics and bold and ellipses and dashes and all this stuff. And it sounds like an audiobook in your head. Um, you know, you can hear Bischoff talking as you read it. And as a journalist, uh, someone who's done some freelance editing, that's not that's poorly written. But for this, it totally works because you want to feel like it's the guy talking directly to you. Right. And you do. Uh, so that works. And the main thing really that kind of surprised me was just how candid he is in the book. He's very frank about a lot of stuff and, and takes it upon himself. You know, for example, when he went back and when he was the executive director of SmackDown briefly and got fired, he freely admits that was his fault. He takes all responsibility for that. Because he didn't ask the questions he should have asked. He wasn't quite sure what Vince wanted out of him. And he thought he could get in there, adapt, pivot, do what he needed to. But him and the corporate world are a lot different from when he was 35 to 65. Right. So that's why that didn't work according to him. The other thing, which I didn't know about, when he was 62, he declared bankruptcy because of some really bad business deals. Right. Um, he had um, a production company with Jason Hervey that they closed because the type of reality shows they were doing just wasn't being picked up by the networks anymore. Right. Uh, he had an original podcast called Bischoff on Wrestling that um, didn't work out because he didn't have good chemistry with the, with the host of that. Uh, he invested in some online uh, overseas betting websites that didn't pan out. And uh, he and his wife, they live in Cody, Wyoming, which yep. is founded by Buffalo Bill Cody. And uh, there's Buffalo Bill stuff all over the place. So they had the idea to do a Buffalo Bill beer. Uh, 
Yeah. And they trademarked it and they licensed it. You know about this? I, I do. And I, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you're going to answer this question, but it, uh, so for anybody out there that, uh, you know, tries different beers regularly, there's an app called Untapped. Um, and I'm on that app. And uh, that one was, has been on my wish list for a long time. I don't even think they make it anymore, but uh, maybe they do. Uh, but yeah, you can only get it there, uh, unfortunately. But go ahead. Yeah. So what happened with that was uh, there was a guy in town, and I, I'll, I'd have to find it, it would take too long. But he either owned a restaurant bar or a restaurant in a hotel that was Buffalo Bill themed. And the Bischoffs had got the license and the trademarks and everything they needed to get. But this guy rushed a beer out to the market and basically said, well, you know, I already got Buffalo Bill for this and that. So, you know, the beer falls under me anyway. And it was a long legal battle that they spent millions of dollars for and didn't get anything out of. Yeah. And so the reason I know about the beer is because the documentary um, that he did through WWE, which is one of the better ones they've done in the last 10 or 15 years, whenever that was made. Um, he talks about at the time that was like his venture at the time was that beer. Um, and uh, yeah, I was like, Oh wow, that'd be cool to, to try. Cause I think it's an unusual um, a rye beer or something like that. But uh, anyway, yeah. 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 So yeah, I think that sounds right. But uh, that, and I know one thing I definitely want to mention is because you had asked about what is his deal with Tony Khan? And he talks about that in the book. So he made a few appearances for AEW, I think, in 2020 and 2021. And he said he liked the company, liked the people, liked the atmosphere, liked being there. And he said in um, on Twitter, I guess it was, and, and I have it open here, Tony Khan made a comment. He said, I've never met Ted Turner. It's very possible Ted Turner is smarter than me, but he didn't know 1% of what I know about professional wrestling or WCW would still be on TNT slash TBS. So Eric Bischoff is fiercely loyal to his family, to his friends, and to certain people in this life he respects, which includes Ted Turner. So this cheesed him off. And then he responded on his podcast. He said, if Tony were to call me and ask me for any advice, here's what it would be. Shut up and wrestle, dude. Just put it on the best product you can, and you've proven you can. Focus on that. Now, this is where we're coming from me, right? The guy who challenged Vince McMahon, the guy who gave away their finishes. But here's the difference. I was actually competing with him. I was going head-to-head, -head, real head-to-head, -head, like my show started the same time his show started each and every week. So apparently Tony Khan hears that, gets upset. A mutual friend of theirs in AEW, and Eric doesn't say who, sends him a text. Hey, Tony's upset about what you said. Eric's like, don't worry, I'll give him a call. I'll put a Band-Aid on this, don't worry. He calls Tony Connie, leaves a voicemail, basically says, hey, Tony, I heard you were upset about some of the stuff I said. I was upset about some of the stuff you said. Give me a call, we'll talk it out. You know, it's cool. And so he let the friend know, hey, I left Tony a voicemail. The friend said, hey, Tony, let me know he got your voicemail, but he's in meetings all day, he'll get back to you. Tony Khan never called him. And that's why Eric Bischoff hates Tony Khan, because Tony Khan did not have the guts to call him back. Well, okay. Guts. That's what he says. That's what he says okay. in the book. Okay, yeah. Guts might be taking it a little bit too far. But, okay, so, I mean, all that makes sense. So this must have happened after. Um, there was an episode of Eric Bischoff's podcast, 83 Weeks, where Conrad gets Tony Khan on the phone. And at that time, this is before his appearances in AEW, and they have a conversation on the phone and, um, you know, they seem to get along really well. And then, you know, 
soon enough you see Eric Bischoff make appearances. But you know, I guess that makes that makes sense. Why you know there's some ill will there. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, well, you know, and here's the thing. He doesn't say this in the book, but you can connect the dots because the chapter right before this, he talks about the SmackDown situation. Right. And when he got fired, Vince McMahon was in Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia doing Crown Jewel. Right. So he wasn't around. Bruce Pritchard calls Eric a few times to check in on him, see how he's doing after he gets fired. And he says, has Vince called you? And Eric says, no, but that's cool. It's okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. And, Eric, and Bruce says, no, Eric needs to call you. So Bruce Pritchard goes to Vince McMahon and says, why haven't you called Eric? And he said, I have. I've called him several times. I left him voicemails. He's never called me back. Vince was calling the corporate phone that they gave him when he started working there, and they took from him when he got fired. Wow. Wake up, Vince. So, so Bruce gives him Eric's per personal cell phone. Vince McMahon calls him. They talk it out. They're cool. So that's the difference. Vince McMahon called Eric Bischoff. Tony Khan didn't. Well, okay. I mean, well, I mean, Vince McMahon's case, it was just what for closure, right? Not because of yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just to kind of, you know, again, if you want to say be a man or have the guts to say, hey, you know, things didn't work out. I understand that, you know, to kind of clear the air type of thing. So that's that's that. Um, All right. So I don't, you know, know what else. I, Conrad, I'll tell the Conrad Thompson story. I thought this was really funny. So in the acknowledgments, he acknowledges um, his wife, his two kids, and Conrad Thompson. That's it. If that tells you anything. He, he talks about he and Conrad are super tight anymore, and uh, they talk all the time on the phone and all this. But when he first met Conrad, how they first got together, I thought this was a funny story. Eric Bischoff runs into Bruce Pritchard out and about and talks about the podcast that he does with with uh conrad and bruce said it's more money i've ever made in my life and bruce and eric didn't give the amount but he was he said i was amazed i was amazed he was making that much and if eric bischoff is impressed about how much money you're making it's probably a crap ton of money right and this was again after the bankruptcy and bruce told him hey conrad wants to hang out with you and will pay you money to hang out with him cash money so he gave Eric Bischoff an appearance fee to appear at his house, <laughs> flew him from Wyoming to Alabama, put him up in a hotel, drove him around, gave him good food, good whiskey, good beer, and said, hey, hang out in my basement, talk with me and five or six of my friends about wrestling. Everything was cool until they started to talk. And then Bischoff said he felt like he was on a witness stand giving a deposition because Conrad kept just hitting him with questions. And then when Bischoff would answer it, he would tell him, no, that's wrong because Meltzer said this. Which is what he does on the podcast all the time. Right, right. Yeah. So he, so after that, he was fed up. He did not want to, anything to do with Conrad Thompson ever again. But then Conrad called him a few weeks later and pitched the podcast. And again, because he needed the money, he, and he knew what Bruce was making, he agreed to do the podcast. And then he was very grateful that he did. He, he said that they eventually got on the same page with each other and they're good friends now. And another thing he's candid about was Conrad mentioned now, uh, Eric asked Conrad, well, what do you want to do? And he said, well, I want to talk about the Monday Night Wars week to week. And Eric says, nobody cares about that anymore. It's been done to death. They've done books and specials and podcasts and everything. No one cares. Well, he was wrong about that. He admits that because he underestimated the nostalgia that people had for that era because those fans, people who were in their teens and early 20s, they're now in their mid-30s and mid-40s they have the disposable income. They listen to podcasts a lot. 
and and that's what they want to hear about. So again, the, my biggest takeaway that I can say about the book is Eric is I think super super honest. Right. Well, as honest as he can be, because it's all filtered through you know his personal lens. But he's he's very you know candid. He takes responsibility. He admits when he's wrong. Um, you know, to sum up, and there's other things I could talk about the book, but we don't need to you know keep going on. But um, you know, I, I, my summary would, would be that if you're uh, not a wrestling fan, you probably wouldn't enjoy the book. But if you are and of that era, I think I think you will. And like me, I think you'll be kind of impressed with just how candid he is on on um, you know the things from the past 15 years. Which again is some more obscure stuff. Um, you know, it's not the main WCW years or his time in AWA. But now I want to go back and read his first book that I know covers that stuff. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Bischoff on the podcast is like very much like a, a guy who will you ask him one question and he'll talk for like twenty five minutes about that mm-hmm. one small question. You know, he kind of goes off not tangents necessarily, but I don't even want to say ramble because that's like a negative connotation. But like that's kind of mm-hmm. what happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that you enjoyed the book. Um, you know, I'm very behind on some of my wrestling books. Like I have a bunch stacked, you know, out in the hallway that I need to get to, but, uh, I am going to check that one out for sure. So yeah, maybe, maybe after you read it, you can come back and you can, um, critique by critique. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you have read, uh, the Eric Bischoff book, uh, grateful, uh, let us know what you thought of it in the comments section. Uh, check out our other videos, segment surgery, stupid questions, random match reviews. What's that card? We're also available wherever you listen to podcasts. And for Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time.